handle the truth. Yeah, we good. Yeah, we good. Welcome back, everybody. Thomas Free Me, the Thomas Free Me TV and podcast show, and this is Thursday night. Get right with Demetrius Knuckles. Hill. Getting right. We getting right. Everybody getting right. Tonight is a night of getting right. First, before we get into the show, man, let me give our blessings, man, to the people of, of Hawaii, everything that's going on over there. Um, you know, with the storm passing here in Florida, the hurricane, a lot of flooding, a lot of people's uh, things were were uh, damaged, destructive. So many blessings going out. Um, but Demetrius, how you doing, partner? Hey, man, uh, it's a beautiful day. Uh, you know, I battling a few medical uh, problems and issues and whatnot. As I turned 50 years old. Uh, other than that, man, it's a beautiful day, man. I'm still breathing. I'm still believing. I'm still achieving, man. I, hey, it's Thursday night. Get right. If you ain't getting right, you all wrong. So get right. Hey, that's, that's right. Get it to it. We give them big ups to everybody who representing their neighborhoods in the right way and who representing their communities in the right way and doing the right things for their community. That's who we represent. That's who we speaking on behalf of. Absolutely. No question. And speaking of which, I want to give a, a big shout out to fabkids.com. Man, I just got a shipment in today of about 54 pairs of shoes to go out to the kids tomorrow at Shady Hills Mission Chapel. Um, first Friday of every month, we go over there. We have a feeding. Uh, we feed the the impoverished community. Um, we we make sure they have uh, clothes to take back to their camps with or wherever they go, food, things of that nature. So, um, big shout out to FabKids.com for that that blessing of a donation that they sent. Beautiful, beautiful shoes. So that's that's what it's about, man. And that's what we're gonna get into tonight a little bit with our conversation is. We're going to get into privilege, man. You know, this this has been the topic the past couple of days for me, D, about privilege. And I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, a lot of people have different ideas and perceptions of really what privilege is. And I guess it's because there's so many different aspects of privilege. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we talking about what what uh, being privileged really look like then, because it is a lot of different aspects of it, and uh, it's even some aspects that I never even realized. But we about to talk about this here. Mm. Absolutely. So you know, going going up and and uh, reading the psychological definition, I guess you would say, of what privilege is. It refers to certain social advantages benefits or degrees of prestige and respect that an individual has by virtue of belonging to a certain social identity group wow how do you feel about that i wonder who that is hey so uh how i feel about that oh man let's get into it because we talking about it's some people that uh I'm looking for example. Here's a perfect example. Matter of fact, I'm going live, man, on, on TikTok. Uh, here's a perfect example of privilege. I was just reading on uh, on social media today about how Donald Trump was given a bond, right? Mm -hmm. He was given a bond 
and the name Young Thug came up. Why, why ain't Young Thug giving the bond? He got a RICO case just like Donald Trump got a RICO case. And uh, so now, all of a sudden, this guy named Joe Biden is speaking on Young Thug's name with respects to he should have a, a bond as well, right? And uh, that's privilege. Donald Trump get it, he don't. Uh, it's not just Donald Trump. It's really anybody with money or anybody that knows somebody that knows somebody who's sitting on the top, you know? And But it's so many different aspects of it, man, because all you have to do is just run around with people with a lot of money, with influence. You take, you take all of these rappers, singers, actors, like the guy from uh, that, I don't know if it, how, how it happened, where he shot the guy on the movie set. Mm -hmm. uh, Baldwin. The Baldwin, Baldwin yep, yep, the Baldwin. And, uh, you know, he he out. He didn't even go to jail. Go to jail. You know what I'm saying? But let that same mistake happen in one of our households. Just a mistake. And we out of there. You know what I'm saying? That's privilege. And it don't, it, privilege don't apply to skin tone. It applies to class, mm. influence. That's where privilege comes in at, man. And it's, it's something to be pissed off about, man, because the little people like us, man, we guilty till proven innocent. They innocent till proven guilty, and it's always hard to prove they guilt. <laughs> even when they admit that they, that even when they would tell the whole world, I was, I could stand in the middle of Times Square and shoot somebody, and wouldn't that never happen? I, I grab females' coochies. Even when they tell us that, and they go to trial for something like that, they get found not guilty because of privilege. So, you know, I'm so, about to go live right here. Did so, you get that? Uh, yeah, I got it. It said that you weren't live yet. But so let me ask you this. D, as a black man, when you hear the word privilege, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, the racial the aspect thing, of it? Well, the first thing, let me look. Let me let me say this here. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think of privileged as a minority growing up impoverished, First thing that come to my mind is white people. Uh, because I have seen, personally, I have seen two people. Matter of fact, I just seen on social media, literally. Uh, it was two guys about to fight. A white guy and a black guy, they about to fight. The girl is standing in between them. So the white guy like, no, move out the way, move out the way. The black guy said, let's go, let's get it, let's get it in. So now the white girl wouldn't move, right? The police came up and sprayed the black guy in the face with mace. And they walked to the white guy and said, just uh, stay over there. So, so in one, in one sense, that's some racist type stuff. In another sense, that's privilege because if he were not white, he probably would have gotten mace too. Both of them would have got mace, but because it's that card that some some people in uh, authority 
understand what privilege means. And because they spare people, they spare them according to their what their psychological definition of privilege is, they spare the white boy because he's privileged, he's white. So that's my initial, when I think of privilege growing up, that's what I thought of. I see it different now because I see it based on class. Mm. And you have a lot of white people who are in lower class. Now, nowadays, they try to say there's only a, a middle class and upper class. That's how they try to uh, identify the destinations now. Middle class, no, it ain't no middle class and upper class, it's lower class. What happened to us? They try to raise us to a certain level so, so, that, so they can psychologically make us believe that we're not beneath anyone. We're middle class. We're not lower class. Right. They treat us like scum because they have the money to live a certain way. They have the prestige to live a certain way. They have the employment to live a certain way. And so therefore anyone like the, like the movie by Tyler Perry called the have and have nots, anyone who have not, they can never look at as equal because you have not. And I have. So that's my, that, that's how I feel about and also, I'm, I'm live right now, so I ask that y'all please share my feed. We're talking about privilege and what does privilege, being privileged, look like. So we have a so, we have a comment from um, a friend of mine here in the Tampa Bay area, Pastor Denise, who who is uh, Hispanic, and her comment is is that 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 is not privilege; that's authority. As far as as the police or whatnot, but. That in its sense is for me, Pastor Denise, is privilege in itself. When and and that's kind of what we're gonna get into the the structure of. This is why I'm asking D as a as a Black American citizen when he hears the word privilege, what's the first thing that comes to his mind? And it's it's really understanding the structure of privilege within everything, you know, within gender identity, within sexuality within class, uh, within ability, privilege within education, right? Just because a person has a certificate, they're more privileged than an individual that does not have a certificate, even though that their IQ may be the same or the individual without the certificate right. may have a higher IQ. But because this individual had the ability to go and get this certificate, he's more privileged. You know, so we have privilege in all kinds of different aspects. And I guess what the conversation for me has been over the past couple of days is when does it really get into victimization? When are we Ooh. getting into, when are we getting into victimizing ourselves because of this so-called privilege? Right. And then, you know, coming from the white side, you know, from a lot of white people, white people feel that black people have a lot more privilege than white people because they see it as, all the benefits that you get for just being black that white people don't get. So you know, so it's funny. It's funny you should use that word privilege. With you say white people feel like black people have a lot of privileges, and it's crazy that you would use that term because that's all we got, and that's the problem. Because white people have rights, black people have privileges. Mm. So. Yo, you have a right to vote. Your 
Your right to vote is not revoked or anything else. Uh, you don't have to reapply for it or anything as a white person. Your vote is just your vote according to the United States Constitution. But a black person, they have to they have to repass a voting rights bill every 25 years or so for black people. Why? Because voting for us is a right based on conditions. 25 years. If we don't agree after 25 years, you don't vote. Uh, you have privileges as a black person. You have privilege. I'm talking about under the white supremacist system. Mm -hmm. You have privileges as a black person. You don't have rights. It's like the slave had no right to be free. They had no right under the white supremacist system. Anytime a slave was freed, they were being privileged, not because of some right, but because of some privilege. And the United States Constitution really words it in that way. We don't have rights, we have privileges under the United States Constitution because the United States Constitution does not look at black people as whole human beings. They look at us, still look at us, as three-fifths of a human being. So therefore, you don't give three-fifths of a human being, someone who is subhuman, you don't give them rights because they're subhuman, they're uncivilized. You give them privileges. In other words, something that we're, we're granting you something temporary temporarily that's a privilege so now when i bring up the police when the police sprayed the black guy in the face with the mace and 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 he hugged the white guy or comforted the white guy it's privileged because it's the white it's the white police who understand what he's doing the two people may not understand it that way but the white police working up under this system and if he's already been indoctrinated with this supremacy supremacy a uh, supremacist way of thinking that he know and understand what he's doing for this white person is giving him privilege he's making him privileged whereas this black guy in this sense he's not privileged because this white guy represents the same thing as that police represented i acknowledge you i see you i relate to you i am a part of you Therefore, you are removed from the punishment that I will inflict on this situation. I'm going to mace the black guy and comfort you, even though all the video shows they was doing the exact same thing to each other. Uh, share my live, y'all. Share my live. I, I, um, I requested to come in. You got to bring me in. Oh, I ain't see you. Let me see where you're at. So in, in that aspect... Right. And this is a lot of what I try to to um, to explain as well. You know, like my life hasn't been privileged as a white person uh, uh, personally. Right. And so I understand when you have a lot of individuals who who feel like when they hear this, it, it becomes an issue for them. Right. Because they say the same thing that you know, uh, well, my life isn't privileged and, and so on and so forth. So what I'm trying to to explain is how that privilege came to be. And I just had this conversation the other night, how that privilege came to be that white people were given the opportunity to flourish because we know that the Constitution was written for the white land, 
white landowning man, right? It, it says that clear because women had a fight for their rights. All women, not just black women, all women had a fight for their rights. And of course, black people had a fight for their rights as well. So who was left other than just white landowning men? And that's right. who the Constitution was written for and, and was allowed to flourish in this land gain gain opportunity gain land gain generational wealth and was able to pass it down to their families because they didn't have to worry about their houses being burned down the cities being burned down anything of that nature right so that is kind of where the privilege comes into where you know i used to hear a lot like black people would get mad at me man Black people would get mad at me and 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 be like, "Man, you squandered your your white privilege. You squandered your privilege." Bingo, bingo. You know, like I told you that. You told me like like a lot of black people have told me seriously, like you don't know what you gave away when you caught that felony conviction because now you become one of us. I told you the same thing. You know, and 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 these are realizations. You know, being a, a convicted felon. You know, that it, it, it makes me easily relatable and, and have a, a severe amount of empathy for uh, uh, this this discrimination that goes on in our nation because I'm I feel it. I see it. I get it. You know, and, and it's no matter how much work I'm putting in right now as as a strong community leader. You know what I mean? Doing all the things that I'm doing in the community, building a nonprofit in this county that this county don't even have a nonprofit like this, doesn't don't even have the resources that I'm bringing to this county as a convicted felon. And I'm still seen that way. I'm still seen as a convicted felon that cannot be trusted. So, Why? so be, because because I am a slave because you did what black people do. Well, it's that's how they look at it. That's how they look at it. But it's it's knowing that, like we were talking about the other day, that slavery in the United States never ended. And I challenge anybody to show me where slavery ended because it did not. It did not. It tells you that a certain amount of people are free, but there's always a however. And that however states unless you have been convicted of a crime. And it doesn't go on to say that until you fulfill this deed, you are then free. It just says that unless you are convicted of a crime, all rules of slavery still apply. You're still looked upon as three quarters of a man. You still don't have you. you all your rights as a human being are taken away. So in that Constitution, nowhere does it state that you you become free once you've convicted that crime. And this is why we see what we see today, the recidivism rate, the way that we're treated, me being home seven years and still can't even get some anybody to rent to me. I still can't even get my own home, no matter the amount of work that I put in, because I'm a convicted felon. And it just goes back to the women that I've dated in the past that have said and multitudes have said it's not just one multitudes have said that ever since they were a little girl, their daddies have taught them because you have a darker skin. You have to work three times as hard to get noticed. <laughs> and that's the truth. The truth, you know, the truth, you know, it's a reason why I'm going to I'm going to just run down a few people 
that we have seen in the public's eye who, who was uh, demonized and ostracized because of certain uh, people who they choose, chose as their mate or their genre of their art. You take Eminem. Mm. Take Eminem. He was ostracized and everything. Sure, he became rich and all that, but I'm talking about the overall, the overarching racism that he faced and the criticism that he faced because he chose an art that was not uh, white-oriented, right? He chose rap. He hung around with who? He hung around with Detroit mayor at that time, Kwame Kilpatrick, and all the black guys. So now he's thrown, he's thrown with the wolves. You take initially Kid Rock. Kid mm -hmm. Rock came out as a rapper. Mm -hmm. But soon as he seen it that the white people wasn't gonna agree with him being a rapper and hang around all them black people, he, sold he switched out. up and started doing country and sold himself out. Yeah. It's Kid Rock. Uh you take you take Machine Gun Kelly. I who by the way, Kelly. who by the way, let me just throw this point in on Kid Rock. Who by the way is making songs about raping young girls. Have you heard this? Raping yeah, young girls, right? And that it's, it's some would see it as statutory, but he sees it as mandatory. And this song is being played in a child's movie. But go ahead, partner. So then you take Machine Gun Kelly, mm. a guy who came out rapping. I love that boy there. He cold too. But he seen that as he became more popular, he couldn't stick with those black people. So he went and found a white girl, right? You take Julia Stiles, who was in Save the Last Dance with the black guy, right? She was in love with the black guy. Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. caught so much flack for being an upcoming white female in a movie. She was becoming a movie star, but she was with a black, uh, 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 her, 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 her actress, uh, her mate was black. Yeah. So, what she did is they dropped her out of the movie scene for a minute. Yeah. Literally, she could only out. do scene. She could only do movies where the the where her partner was a black. After she did the first one, that was it. Absolutely, Absolutely. she could only so, do movies as 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 that. So so you take all of these, and it's so many more. I don't have to. I don't even have to name. Y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. Y'all see it more than me. Y'all be on social media. Y'all be on the news. Y'all be in the entertainment magazines and entertainment news stations. Listen, as soon as you choose something that society has deemed as black, and black, according to science, means death. This means anything that's, that's dirty, anything that's filthy, anything that's unbecoming, anything that's criminal. Soon as you choose anything of, of blackness, you will be ostracized as a white person and you will be cast into that black that pit with the rest of the blacks. And so now when you when you commit a crime or engage in criminal activity as a white person, now you have just revoked your privilege. You're no longer don't don't get me wrong. It's certain small things that you still have a privilege at. But the overall uh, uh, the overall situation involving you is that you are now one of them and you will be treated treated accordingly because the United States Constitution say slavery is ended unless you have been convicted of a felony. So now you're a slave. You know, and that's that's the fact of it. I mean, I could show you the trial transcripts at my federal trial where I was likened to Eminem. And this was from from a sheriff, you know, and, and I knew what it, I knew what that meant. I knew exactly what that meant. You know, it was it was when they were going over my phone tappings, my recordings, 
you know, the prosecutor asked, and this was purposely because this, it turned into like a, a belittlement thing, right? And the prosecutor was asking the sheriff, what was your first impression when you heard Thomas's voice? And he kind of <laughs> giggled and laughed. And he was like, well, the first person that came to my mind was Eminem. And this was in, so. and this was in 2003. This is an Eminem now. This was 2003 when he first was coming out, like you said, the white the white guy coming out rapping, uh, talking about white people, poor white people, trash, uh, having sex with his mom or whatever he was rapping about back then. I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm not too big of an Eminem dude, but it, it was just understanding that I was being likened to that for a purpose. It was the it was the judge saying. You know, I should have known better. You know, I, I should have known better. I seem like an intelligent person. I should have known better. It's <laughs> it's it's these innuendos that are thrown at me from one white person to another telling me exactly what you're saying. Like you have privilege and you squandered that. You should have known better. It's it's better. it's me showing up at the Christmas party of a construction company with my, with my Jamaican girl and two weeks later being fired. You know what I mean? Just standing off at the corner of the party. Num nobody coming up and associating with us. You know, of course, when you go up and talk to people, people are friendly and they smile on your face and they, Oh, you know, Hey, this and that. But as soon as you walk away, you can feel them, you know, behind you. Like, man, who the hell is this guy? Look, I mean, look at him. <laughs> yeah, we got to yeah, get this yeah. guy out of here. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, what the hell? Who the hell does God think he is? You know, it's 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 going on a ship on a cruise, MSC Cruise, which is an Italian cruise line. And we know how them Italians can be. So it's going yeah. on there and coming and buying liquor, right? So we're buying liquor. We're coming back on the cruise ship and we're we're first to check the liquor in. So we kind of stand off to the side, but she goes up first, right? She goes up first and I'm kind of standing off to the side. So she talks to the, to the Italian lady, the Italian lady kind of pushes her to the side and she starts checking white people's liquors. They're coming up. So after about the second one going, she's going to check the third one. I walk up. I'm like, what's going on here? She's like, oh, well, I'm just checking the liquor. I said, but you got, you know, we're standing right. We've been standing right here. She look, she's like, oh, she's with you. I said, yes, we're together. So, I mean, and that got us a free cruise, which I never even took them up on. You know what I mean? When we when we went into to the executives about that, we um we got us a free cruise off that right there, man. But we didn't even take them up on it because the whole that whole ship, the whole the whole cruise was was kind of that way. But it's. It's the looks it's being with uh, uh, uh an ethnic woman, me being a white person, being with an ethnic woman and just seeing the difference when we're not together, you know, right. or even being together and asked, are, you know, are you guys together? Well, I mean, we're, we're two inches apart from each other, my arms around her shoulder. I would, I would think that we were. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's, it's, it, it, it's funny to me because I have a cousin and uh, his girlfriend, her father worked at the prison I was at, right? So I remember when I first seen her, she sent me a friend request or something. Yeah, I think she sent me a friend request. And I seen her last name and I said, 
where you from? She said, I'm from up north. I said, do you got, your family is, has that last name? She said, I said, do your father work in the prison? Or uncle was, she said, yeah, that's my dad. He worked, I said, yeah. I said, now, let me say, he cool as hell. Never had a problem. I never seen him trying to oppress nobody. None of the inmates and none of that, right? But keep in mind what I just said. He cool as hell. Never seen him trying to oppress nobody or anything. But they don't like the fact that she was a black guy. So she kind of revoked her privilege. You know what I'm saying? She kind of revoked her privilege. Because not only is she with a black guy, not only do she live with a black guy, not only did she leave from up north where, where it's predominantly white to come down here to the inner city area with a black guy, but now she have two babies by a black guy too. So imagine the revocation of her privilege and imagine the criticism that she faced because she went against the court, especially up north in Michigan, they are very racist, very, very racist. Ku Klux Klan type races, right? And they don't hold it back. So when a person, when a white person does something that the uh, systemic racist system deems black, you become black. <laughs> you become black. And now they treat you accordingly. Uh, this is kind of why I'm sure you've heard or somebody have heard where they say Bill Clinton was the was the real first black president, right? Yeah, I've heard I've heard that. Because he did something that the the systemic racist system has deemed that black people do that type of stuff. They uh they cheat on their wives and and they uh they lie about it and then they they act they play dumb when asked about it. Uh, did you have sex with this? I did not have sex with that woman. So went on Arsenio Hall with his cool sunglasses, <laughs> playing his saxophone. So, right. So now he lost a few a, a few points, but because he president, you know, he's a different he's in a different class. So he don't use lose his privilege like you lost your privilege. He don't lose it like that. But he lost a few points with the people, especially when he began talking about soul music and he know all the soul music and all the all the rappers like him the pandering that's Listen. that's when that's when they knew because because you were just coming off George Bush you had the the democrats that were really hurting to get back into power and and then here comes here comes Bill oh, Bill. Bill George Clinton <laughs> <laughs> Bill George oh, Clinton coming in and and just swooed the people and and then turn around and hit us with a mandatory minimum. Hey, but listen, just think about what we're talking about. Here it is. He lost a lot of points with this Monica Lewinsky, right? Mm -hmm. He lost a lot of points with his own constituents, his own race of people. But to make up for it, what did he do? That law. Created. In 19, 1994 drug, well, first yep. of all, it was the AEDPA yep. and the, uh, that's the Anti-Effective anti, anti -effective Terrorism and Death Penalties Act. 
that right there locked a lot of people in prison. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, it, it ruined a lot of people's second chances in the court to raise new issues. Bill Clinton signed that. Hillary Clinton is the one who said, and let me let me let me tell you a little history on Hillary Clinton, just for those who don't know. For those who are into politics, they might know. Hillary Clinton is said to have messed around with not one black guy, but a couple black guys. And one of those black guys is named Ron. Uh oh man, had I not spoken about this, his name is uh The one ended up is, the one ended up dead up in, in Central Park. Listen, that's one. Now you had the Secretary of State uh, in 1995. The Secretary of State name was Ron. Uh, somebody on this feed remind me of, of the Secretary of State in 1995 under under Bill Clinton. He was said to have been messing around with uh, uh, Hillary. Uh, Hillary Clinton and did Ron Brown. His name Ron Brown. And then mm. Ron Brown, I'm gonna show you something. Ron Brown was in an airplane, was in a plane when it crashed, right? This is on the news. The plane crashed, everybody on the plane dead. But when they examined Ron Brown, he had a bullet hole in the back of his head. So anyway, that's another story. But look it up because it came across the news. They talked about it and then they swept it under the rug and never talked about it again. But my point is that Hillary Clinton carries hot sauce in her purse. <laughs> <laughs> so so now Hillary Clinton lost a lot of points too when it started coming out that she was messing with a basketball player from back in the days, uh, uh, Ron Brown. And then, so you take these type of people and you look at the points they lose and they got to make up those points. So now you have Bill Clinton who, who uh, put, nope, my fault, you have Joe Biden, who also promoted the bill, the 1994 crime bill. Of course. Well, the 80, who, the 84 crime bill was was Joe. He came out in the 84 with the crime bill. And then that's in right. 95, Bill Clinton followed up with the mandatory minimums, locking all that in. That's right. Tough on crime type stuff. And so they got they had to make up for a lot of the points that they lost. And a lot of the points that they lost when it came to Hillary and Bill involved them their relationship with black people. That's when they start losing their points. And you gain points when you mess with good white people, Oprah Winfrey. Mm. Who now has you seen you seen Oprah's latest stunt? Yeah. Yeah, Bill Cosby too. He gained he gained points and then you seen what happened. Michael Jackson, he gained points and then you seen what happened. Kobe Bryant, he gained points and then you seen what happened. Tupac gained points and then you seen what happened. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about the the privilege within politics, right? The the privilege of of some some individuals because uh, they have a, a certain viewpoint, and and what that can garner them. You know, uh, let's look at you know what's what's just going on with the not to get too much into it, but just the LGBTQ you know movement and how man, if I support LGBTQ man. Oh, everybody loved me. Well, that's that's my point. And so privilege. and so right. Right. So when we're talking about that type of privilege and for an individual who uh, sticks to their religion, sticks to their beliefs 
and and really doesn't have a problem with that community just has their beliefs they they are underprivileged in society they're being attacked they're being undermined they're being shut down they're being censored you know it's it's funny man because they shove they shove uh sexuality down people's throat they shove what you should be or how you should be or how you should think they shove that down our throat they indoctrinate us with ideas to be accepting of something that we may not be accepting of something that we may not understand and that's not to say that someone is wrong or right in how they choose their life because that's your choice to make i can't tell you what hurts you or how you supposed to feel about a certain thing. I can't do that. But I can't tell you how I feel about it. But when you tell people how you feel about your stance against LGBTQ, you may not even really be in opposition to that because you really don't understand it. But if your views are viewed as oppositional, you will be cast out criticized and if you got a talk show it might be canceled if you got a radio show it might be canceled if you are of any popular popular individual your popularity will be diminished just you like know, what's going on with with what's his name now uh teddy uh 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 he just he just went in front of congress and and um testified about what's going on in hollywood and how he was molested in hollywood uh, oh um What's his name? Had the show. They canceled him. But but when I first saw him come, I mean, the first movie I saw him in was what? Friday 2 or Friday 3 where he was playing Damon, coming home gay, gay Damon. Uh, Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Teddy, I was saying Teddy. Terry Crews. He yep. just testified in front of Congress about the parties, you know, that that he had seen in Hollywood. I just saw a clip from from Rogan that was saying, you know, how he was saying that, man, he was he was saying something about Disney, man. I didn't even know. He's saying that. Did you know that Disney has an underground city under its under that whole facility? And it goes yeah. about 20 stories into the ground and it's got tunnels that's connected to everywhere on every theme park on that whole property. And he wow. says he don't know what goes on down there. He said, but he did go to a party one time where he said it was crazy. And he said he was young. He was in his 30s at that time. And he said that he saw Tom Hanks. And uh, who's the other person? Man, I can't remember. I'm so bad with names. But Tom Hanks and somebody else that was sitting there. And he called it a jewel. I don't know what a little jewel is. But he's saying that Tom Hanks and this other person had this little jewel and they were just sitting there passing it around back and forth to each other. And he said he saw so much crazy stuff going on at that Disney party that he can't even talk about it on the podcast. And he said the only reason why he was at that party was because of the drugs. But now as an older man, he's looking back like, man, that was really some some effed up stuff going on at that party. You know. You know, when I think of, uh, we understand that parties go on. We understand this. And, and the parties are for the privilege. We understand this because you can take 
we in high school. No, we're gonna go to elementary school. You had the you had the uh what did they the popular people mm. and the unpopular people, right? Mm. And the unpopular people can never go to the popular people's party. The greasers. Show, the greasers and the showsers. That's right. If you show up at those popular people's party, you're liable to be jumped on. And not only are you going to be jumped on, if the police is called, they're going to try to escort you, who was victimized, off the premises. Because they're going to say, you shouldn't have been at their party. You weren't invited to their party. Now, this is where this is where a lot of when you get the middle school and high school and that same thing take place and you get to college and then they then they have these fraternities, sororities, and whereas they are sectioned off and you have some some a lot of them are good, some of them are not so. And you have religious groups and so on and so forth that won't that won't allow nobody else to get in because it's like secret society type stuff. It's the privilege. And you have judges who are a part of secret societies, politicians who are part of secret societies, and therefore they are the privileged, right? So now, if I'm a part of a secret society and, and my son gets a... You know what? Social media again. Our officers... Uh, what was his his son? No, his daughter. Or his son was arrested for uh, drunk driving, right? They they found out that this was the officer's son, the chief of police son. They called the chief of police and said, "Man, we got your son." He said, "All right, just bring him to me." That's privilege, because guess what happens if the next person who's drunk get caught drunk driving he's going to jail and he's getting a mark on his license or he getting his license revoked so the question came up to that chief of police that would would the situation have been different had it not been your son he said i'm sure it would have but that's my son and people and uh, my fellow officers know that that's my son and therefore they called me first right and they and the, and, and, and the news reporter said, we understand that we respect that they called you first as his parent. Right. But we don't respect that they bypassed jail and brought him to you. That's the part that the public don't agree with. Right. Because now he never learned a lesson. He he realized and recognized his privilege that he knows somebody here. And therefore, he may never have to find himself in jail, even if he's arrested again for drunk drive. Matter of fact, he wasn't even arrested. Right. He was pulled over. They never even arrested him. And that goes back to a comment that was made by Ms. Denise earlier about how about uh, an African-American police, then would it be the same? So it's 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 understanding that the is, you know, it's it's not it's not race within the the, the you know, it's it's a, it's systemic, man. I mean, it's it's a structural thing. I mean, if if you have. A cop, a cop is a cop because of the uniform, but then they have their own racism within that uniform as well. But at the end of the day, a cop is still a cop. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's so it's it's still that line, and there may be racism within that line. But if that racist cop and that black cop are together, and it's against me, I'm dealing with two cops. That's right. And it's like that all the time. Because the white guy, the white cop is not going to side with me against his black cop, no matter how racist that white cop is. 
You know what I mean? It's always going to stay within the police. It's always going to stay within that blue, that blue code. Listen, man. Uh, first of all, first of all, it's designed that way. That's what I'm putting in this chat right here. It's designed to divide and conquer, man. So they will put, they will put a black guy with a white, uh, a, a known white racist guy, right? And they know that that white racist guy gonna do things to black people in front of that black guy. And that black guy, not, most likely ain't gonna say nothing, right? That's that's part of the, psycho, the psychology of it, the indoctrination. So you can become a part of this, this part of this systemic racism. That's all a part of the indoctrination process. So you, the black person, can recognize the white privilege and fear the white privilege. So now the, the black guy see the white guy do something and say, I'm not going to say anything because uh, it it never goes anywhere. They He's going to get found not guilty, so I'm not going to say anything because the black guy has been indoctrinated and, and psychologically made to believe that his word has no weight against a white person so therefore they let them do they let these foul foul police do whatever they want and some of the black people jump in now because they can't they word don't mean nothing and they and they feel like if that's the way that i have to come up through the ranks so i could earn a good living and and do what i want to then i would rather earn my living that way than to be trying to criticize this white guy who has a whole fraternity of white people with him that's going to condemn me and cause me to lose my job and my likelihood. And we already know that cops are some of the biggest killers out here because they tend to do it and can do it with impunity. You know, there's no checks, no, there's no real checks and balances which is privilege in itself, you know, and, and, and let's, so let's sum up talking about, you know, the privilege of, of money, you know, growing up in, in a, in a, in a house home where structure is there, where somebody has never in their life opened a fridge and saw it empty or ever in their life had to worry about whether they had a, a roof over their head or ever in their life ever saw their father beat their mother or anything like that, right? Versus like your story the one time about the Rice Krispies and the Roach eggs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the sour milk and things like that. So how does that privilege kind of affect somebody, especially in relationships or, or social social circles? You know, how how do you get an individual to understand that has never had that pressure on them like that, right? Maybe other, because life is pressure and, and each individual have their own trials and tribulations, no, no doubt. But how do you get an individual that has never experienced that, understand a person who's grown, who lived up in that fashion and maybe don't have any hope to succeed or, or never even had anything successful in their life so they don't even try you know and they become addicted or homeless 
And then you have the individual who's never experienced that life have an opinion on that homeless person. That's privilege. <laughs> that's 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 exactly what privilege is. They have no idea what goes on. For example, I remember when uh, I was in prison and I was I was talking through my door. I was in a hole. I was in segregation. I was talking through my door to a guy across the hall. And so the white police up there, he was talking, to, he said, you guys always try to justify the stuff you guys do. You always try to use how you grew up to justify the, a lot of the criminal activity that y'all involved. Y'all want to sell dope and shoot guns and you always try to blame it on your upbringing. Well, I asked the officer, I say, have you ever involved yourself in criminality or shot guns and sold dope? He said, no. I said, why? He said, because I wasn't brought up that way. I said, you see the difference? We was brought up that way. You just made my point. We was brought up that way. We was taught this. I seen my uncle, I seen my cousin, I seen my, my, my mothers, my fathers, I seen my brothers and sisters. I seen them doing this. This became my example. So what you seen is you seen your father going to work at Ford Chrysler or one of the big three or in the prison system. You seen your mother cooking at home and being a great housewife to your father and all this other stuff to your brothers and sisters. You seen your parents going to church on Sunday or, or wherever y'all went, uh, the, the Catholic temple, whatever it is. I say, that's what you seen. You emulated that. And now you are a correction officer, and this officer, like your father, your brother's a correction officer, your sister work in corrections. See how y'all family follows suit in one direction because y'all seen an example set before y'all? No different than how we grew up. So you will never understand how we grew up because you're not willing to open your eyes and see that something outside of you exists and something outside of your way of living and the way that you was brought up exists. Until then, you ain't never gonna be able to understand why some of us so chose to sell drugs, some of us chose to use drugs, some of us chose to carry guns and rob and commit criminal activity. You would never understand that. And, and, and that's what I was explaining to, to somebody else, just that, that, that same premise. Like there's just some things in life that you just won't, understand unless you experience it and and some of us find it offensive when you say that you understand because we know that it's impossible for you i mean the, it's impossible for you to understand prison unless you have been incarcerated unless you have felt that door shut on you and and right. stayed in there knowing that you could not go home you know what i mean getting up the next morning having people come up question you about your food and and you know you don't know that pressure you could never understand it you could never understand slavery you know it's not a conceptual thing because it's never been in your in your psyche you could never understand the holocaust you could never understand being forced out of your home and into a concentration camp and starved to death laying in dead bodies around you while people are being ushered to a gas chamber, a number being tattooed on your arm, you know what I mean? You could never understand what that's like. 
you will never understand what solitary confinement is until you're right. back there in the darkness, hearing the thumping on the walls from people beating their heads, the crying, the, the, it's just, just the, the animal behavior of solitary confinement. You will never understand that, you know? So it's, it's understanding that, that there are privileges. And I think that a lot of, where uh, cru the crux may be is privilege has kind of had a negative connotation put on it. You know what I mean? And it can be if you're using it negatively, but you know, I'm, I've come to a point in my life where I'm, I'm learning to embrace everything within me, everything, just embrace it and embrace the fact that I do have certain privileges. You know what I mean? And I understand that in, is that my fault? No, it's not my fault personally, but it's 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 understanding that not everybody has the same the same opportunity that I have. Not everybody has the same opportunity to walk in a store. And even though I'm a convicted felon, I can still walk in a store if I'm wearing nice enough clothes, you know, a nice shirt and some pants and not be looked upon or watched. Not everybody has that opportunity. That's right. You know, so it's understanding that there are certain privileges and that's not my fault. That's just the way that life is, but not to take advantage of those privileges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to exploit them, you know, and, and to wrap up and I'll let you have the floor to say goodnight. But there was one time I'm going through, through the chow hall line. Right. And there was a black dude in front of me. He wanted some extra bread. So it was a white cop behind the line. You know, and he's like, he's like, officer, let me get some extra bread. And officer's like, no. So he's like, man, let me get some extra bread, man. Our cop's like, no. So he's like, man, you're a racist ass cop, man. You know that? So, <laughs> so he took offense to that. So he gave him the bread. So when I walked up and I asked for bread and he told me no, I told him the same thing. I made mean, like, you're a racist ass dude, man. <laughs> and he just started laughing. <laughs> did I get my extra bread? No, you know, but again, could I look at that as privilege, right? This dude is eating more bread just because he was black essentially. Yeah. And I can't because I'm white. And this was a white man that gave it to him. He put pressure <laughs> on him. He exploited that type of privilege to get that extra yeah. food. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Now in my mind, I could say, you know what? He, he deserves it. You know, let him get the extra bread because it was a time he couldn't get that bread. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And and that's what I'm saying about rationalization through our minds is accepting the privileges that we have in, in whatever aspect, whatever arena. And it's not to say that that you per se may have privilege just because you're you're white. You don't feel like you have privilege. But but there are certain aspects that because of your skin, you are looked upon a different way. The conversation is, is broached with you differently. People approach you differently. People look at you differently, whether you realize it or not. Floor here's, is yours. Here's, Take us out. Here, 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 here's a great privilege, y'all. I'm giving y'all the privilege to sit back, enjoy yourself, and listen and interact with us. You all are being privileged because some people we don't even want to interact with because they're not on our level of thinking. And that mean, and in other words, I'm talking about our level of righteous thinking. 
They want to hold us back. They want to pull us down. They want to be like the crabs, the crabs in the barrel. But for those who want to listen to us, want to join hands with us, we're offering you that privilege. So you are now privileged in the same way that we have been dehumanized and ostracized by the system and we have been deprivileged and underprivileged by the system. We telling you right now that if you are with us in this quest for freedom for all, you are privileged. We don't care what your background is, what walk of life you came from, what crime you committed or didn't commit, how you choose to live your life sexually or otherwise. If you agree with some of the things that we talk about, if you're going in the same direction that we're going, then you are privileged. Mm -hmm. And we don't want us to allow the system to tell us anything other than that because they're going to dehumanize us because how we think. They're going to ostracize us because how we think. They're going to ostracize us because how we feel. But let's remember this here. Just as their prestige, their money, their class, their influence caused them to look down upon us, we must not be like them because we recognize that the true privilege of this world love everybody in this world and do the things that's necessary to make this world a better place. That's all I got to say. We privileged. Amen. And and we leave on that note, you know, embrace everything. You know, it's it's not a bad thing. It's just embrace it and making sure that you're not exploiting it for the, for your betterment over somebody else that don't have that opportunity. You know, at the end of the day, we're all American citizens. We have to understand that as American citizens, we all haven't had the same opportunity to flourish in this land. So as American citizens, in the time that we're in, where we know that these people are trying to divide us, doing everything that they can in all four corners of the map, downloading us with drugs, putting this marketing stuff in our face all the time, bringing Absolutely. up these, 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 these issues that they know is going to strike controversy within the heart of what America stands for. And then we see all of this stuff going on and we have no knowledge that the, the fires in Hawaii, we have no idea how that stuff started. Fires start breaking out all over America. We got a lot of stuff going on, man, that people are scared, frightened. And, and when that happens, we get in fight or flight mode. People are high tense, high stressed. And it's just understanding as American citizens that we have to come together, band our communities together and, and really start looking out for one another because there may be a time, I pray to God every night that it does not come to it because I've seen war and I do not wish that at all for any kind of human beings, but we are coming to a point to where your neighbor that you were hating on may be the only person next, next to you fighting for you, you know? So it's just understanding that, that we're all one in this nation we're all under the same taxation. We're all trying to just survive in this land and have a little bit of peace and love in our lives. With that, man, we'll see y'all next week. Thank you guys for joining in, man. And we got guests coming. I promise you within the next couple of weeks, we're going to start having guests on the show. So make sure you tune in for that. And uh, we're going to really jump up, jump this show up, man. So again, thank you guys for joining. 
Demetrius and I, we are out to next Thursday night. Peace and love. Peace and love.